Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you this morning. And uh, I had the joy of being here uh, last year, and it's such a blessing knowing Nigel and Joe and just their leadership, uh, their wisdom, their grace, and God's anointing uh, on their leadership. IJM uh, is a Christian uh, human rights organization. Um, So what does that actually mean? Well, it means actually we are a people of uh, prayer. So we have a global prayer gathering annually um, in April every year. It happens to occur in Washington, D.C., so I'd love you to come over and join me. But actually yesterday we had our first national conference uh, in St. Paul's Hammersmith. Um, And we're going to hopefully do that again next year so that people who can't hop across the pond uh, can come more locally. But prayer actually is the driving force. It's the oxygen for us um, in IJM. Uh, And what does it actually look like? And I think this is important to share with you because... Um, my background um, in, uh, as a pastor and in um, business leadership and so forth, um, I've never quite come across an organization that has infused prayer into the life of our community of disciples in IJM. So all of us are Christians, 800 plus around the world, um, all who love Christ. Um, and uh, 8.30 to 9 o'clock, Across the world, uh, we have what we call stillness, quiet time, you might call it. Um, we don't direct what uh, the team do, how they do their quietness, but it's you're not allowed to switch on your computer. And if you have to have a meeting because it's a high-ranking meeting, whatever, you have to do it some other time. But but uh, and then we have half an hour corporate prayer to intercede for the global work uh, across IJM. And so I have my CEO's hat on, and I think, my goodness, I'm losing five hours a week from my staff. But then I put my spiritual hat on, I think, wow, we are investing five hours of staff time every week into seeking God and, and discovering more of what the Spirit of Christ is up to. John Stott, the late great Anglican leader who really got Bible-based churches across the UK back into social action and talked about the mission of God has two wings. You've got evangelism, faith sharing, and you've got social action, justice, compassion and mercy. And you need two wings to take off. And he said this, When human beings made in the image of God are subjected to abuse, to torture, to rape and grinding poverty, then God himself is insulted. The work of IJM is a biblical response to this injustice. So I just want to flag up first of all, well, what are we confronting in our world today? And we're confronting the horror that there are more people in slavery today uh, than during the evil of the transatlantic slave trade, which lasted 400 years. Even if you uh, take population growth, um, it's a, a, well, it was said to be a $32 billion industry. That is rape for profit. That is human beings being bought and sold. Um, in fact, the latest international labor organization figure, it's a $150 billion industry. If you think of UK PLC companies and what that they're worth, that's huge. Um, 
And there's a new um, slavery index called the globalslaveryindex.org. A Christian philanthropist from Australia is funding this. Um, And it's measuring every six months slavery around the world, including the United Kingdom. And the figures are 29.8 million people. In fact, we probably think that's a lot more. If you wanted to look at slavery in terms of it, where are the big pockets around the world? It would be China, Pakistan, and India. India has 50% of the world's slaves. 15 million people today are in slavery across that land. Uh, One in five women will face sexual assault Uh, in their lifetime. If I took you to Rwanda, where we have an office that deals with child sexual assault, 45% of females in that country have been assaulted in their lifetime. I mean, if that happened in Winchester, if that happened, in fact, in London, there would be uproar. Imagine half the population being assaulted. And this is what God uh, is confronting us with. God is passionate about his creation, his people. Uh, I'm uh, one of six children. I'm fourth in line to the throne. I have 23 nieces and nephews. Uh, They range from, I'm losing touch now, about 27 years of age to two years of age. And You know what? If they were caught up in slavery, I would go to the ends of the earth to see that they are cared for. And I know what you would do. You would go to the ends of the earth for those that are dear to you. So imagine how our Heavenly Father's heart fills when he sees his beautiful little ones, who two million children in the global sex trade. So IGM has a a verse that we love. It it reminds us of God's passion uh, to do justice. So let's read this together. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. So I'm going to challenge you to read Isaiah chapter 1 this coming week because there's a wonderful context for that chapter where uh, God says, I don't want your new moon festivals. I don't want your fasting. In fact, I'm not going to answer your prayers until you do this. Until you take care of the oppressed, the fatherless, the widow, the stranger. When you do that, I will answer your prayers. So it's really thrilling to be hearing about your plans for Christmas and the the food store and the other ways that you're engaging locally in uh, Mercy Mission. This is really important to our Father's heart. So let's get into Exodus chapter 3. And God meets his people where they are. In verses 7 to 8, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. This is the calling of of Moses. This is, as you know, the burning bush encounter. And I'm really intrigued where this happens, because this doesn't happen in um, you know the West End of London in Oxford Street or in a fancy theatre. This happens in a wilderness, uh, in a, a desolate land. And God chooses this wilderness to, to reveal something of his plans to Moses. 
And I want to encourage you folks, that those of you who are filled, you're in a desert moment where you're seeking God. You know God loves you, you love God, but you're feeling in a kind of that sort of wandering for the next step. Watch out because that's when God steps in and will reveal his purposes to you. So this wasteland is a place of revelation. And we know that Moses, when we know of his history, remember that he was a prince of Egypt. Um, He was protecting um, a Hebrew from violence by an Egyptian, and Moses ended up killing the Egyptian soldier. And then the Hebrews turned on him, and he fled to Horeb. And that's where we find him, uh, attending sheep and goats and really thinking his life is finished. I want to share with you what this looks like, this slavery today. I want to introduce you to Sharma. Sharma is an eight-year-old girl. Um, Her mother was expecting her sibling to be born imminently. And during the pregnant, uh, the delivery, there was there were complications. Uh, this family earns about twenty-five pounds a month, and they can't afford a doctor, so they go to a money lender who gives them the money, uh, and he um, lends them the money. Good news: Sharma has a new baby sister. Fantastic. Sharma's mother is fit and well. Fantastic. Bad news. They've had to sign a contract that if they default on the payment, then Sharma will become this person's bonded slave. And it's against the law in that country. And when you get 1,000% increase, uh, uh, yeah, interest on the loan, the family defaulted within six months. And so Sharma is making cigarettes. She has to make 1,000 cigarettes every single day. She has to work between 14 and 17 hours a day, seven days a week. She wants to go to school but can't go to school. What does God think of that? There are millions of children in parts of our world who are slaves And if she doesn't make her quota, she gets beaten by the owner. Or if I take you to Southeast Asia, to Cambodia, this is Mien. Mien uh, was uh, in a brothel at the age of 13. She went to the pink room. The pink room is where Western sex tourists would fly in and, and buy young girls. She was sold for $300 and she had to service between 7 and 14 customers every single day. She wouldn't be allowed out into the fresh air just like we've been. She was padlocked in the brothel. And this was her plight, like thousands of others around our world. And God calls Moses. It's a divine moment for him. He takes off his shoes and he kneels before God. And God's got his attention. So what happens next? In verse 10, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God has a heart to lead his people through Moses into freedom. It's a divine initiative. God takes the side of the oppressed and he commissions him. And we are a commissioned people ourselves, those who follow Christ here. We are a sent people. 
You are ambassadors of Christ. As you leave this place today, you go as angels and uh, agents of Jesus Christ. Whatever you're doing tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock in the morning, the Spirit of Jesus is right there with you. In fact, he's gone before you. He's gone beside you and behind you. And you take the light of Christ with you. And it's amazing how powerful light is. It pierces the darkness. The tiniest piece of light that flickers penetrates the darkness. And you take the light of Christ with you. And we're reminded in the um, Sermon on the Mount uh, of these words. Let's read these together. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Well, Moses asks a really good question. So here's this big deal. He's got to take the Hebrews out of slavery. And he sees this huge tall order, this demand, this goal. And he's held back by fear. Fear of failure. He remembers how he's failed before. And we're reminded of our Savior Jesus. How many times are we to forgive? How many times? 70 times 7. And God calls all of us. He calls his church. And friends, the church is God's plan A. And there is no plan B or C or D. We are it. Whilst God could step down and sort this issue out, by his great mysterious will and purpose, he's called the church to be his eyes and ears, hands and legs, to step in. And that's where we come in. And so Moses is captivated by this fear. Do you know there are over 2,000 verses in Scripture that talk about God's concern about justice? Uh, The Bible Society has produced the Poverty and Justice Bible. In fact, if you took justice and righteousness, because they're the same thing, um, to do what is right is to be just, to be just is to be righteous, you would have not much of a Bible left. And it's really important that we know that. And the Psalms are beautiful because they reflect the emotion of God's relationship and humanity's relationship to God. And we find in Psalm 35, uh, let's read this together. O Lord, who is like you? You deliver the weak from those too strong for them, the weak and needy from those who despoil them. God is tender with us. God shows his anger with us and we show our anger with him at times of when we don't understand what's going on. And it's wonderful we have that collection from the word of God in the Psalms that help us deal with this. We're really excited in IJM because we're seeing a new generation of teens, 20s and early 30s who we're calling really the Wilberforce, the Elizabeth Fry generation again, who want to, what I say is walk the talk and share the story. What I mean by that is that they want to do justice, uh, they want to love mercy and they want to share the love of Christ, the gospel with those around them. So we're excited, but they're also challenging those of us who are slightly older, saying, why haven't you dealt with this? Why are you handing us this burden? 
Well, let's get back to Moses, and you can tell me the answer to my question later. Um, so God, uh, Moses asks a question, and then fourthly, God answers. And um, remember, I'm one of six children. So when I was growing up, I'd be asking my parents, uh, you know, can I do this? Can I have that? And they had this disability um, of selective hearing syndrome. You know, when you ask for something, it sort of goes in that ear and it goes straight out the other ear. I have two sons, a 15 and a 13-year-old. I have learnt the art of selecting hearing syndrome when they ask me for things. And I've got a biblical verse to back this up. It's here in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 12. Because God ignores the question. Moses is saying, how can I do this? It's impossible for me. So God just ignores the question, but what does he give in return? Wow. Verse 12, I will be with you. And that reminds us of our risen Savior. Lo, I am with you. That's why whatever you're doing tomorrow, the risen Savior, the Holy Spirit is right there with you, beside you, in front of you, paving the way for you. And what God can do uh, for the oppressed is what they can't do for themselves. And God steps up and shows that power is made perfect in weakness. So I want to share with you how in IJM power is made perfect in weakness. Because like we're this tiny organization, in my opinion, of 800. Uh, we've got uh, 18 field offices around the developing world in Africa, in South Asia, Southeast Asia, Latin America, Central America. Confronting a world of violence. And you see, the thing is, if you're serving, uh, providing water or health care, which is a really important global ministry, it doesn't bite back. When you confront violent people, they want to bite back. And so it's an incredibly dangerous work. And this is where one of my calls to you as the people of God, the most important call to you, is to pray and intercede for not just IJM, but all of those who are confronting violence in dangerous situations. And so, um, Sharma, we had a tip-off. There was an informant who gave us information about this young girl working in a factory. Uh, we have investigators who go around uh, documenting casework. They go into the brick kilns. They go undercover in the brothels. Uh, they have all the latest technology. They'll have cameras the size of my shirt button. So Nigel did ask me to start filming today. He wants to know who has not turned up today because there's going to be trouble. And so we document the case. And then we've got lawyers. IJM loves lawyers. Um, and so we will use the local laws. All the laws are on the statute books around the world, everywhere, against slavery. We don't need better laws. We need law enforcement. We need them to be implemented. And then the lawyers will put the case together and go to the magistrates. And on this occasion, we phoned up the magistrate and booked a meeting with him on the, this was a Friday on the Monday morning. And we went to, to church on the Sunday evening. This is in a country of less than 2% who are Christian. Who should be preaching but the magistrate 
that we were meeting on the Monday morning. And he said to us, yes, please come and see me. By Monday afternoon, Sharma was set free. The magistrate had instructed the police to go and raid the establishment. But not only that, 474 other cases of child slavery in that city, uh, within 10 days, they were set free. One of the verses we love in the New Testament is the feeding of the 5,000. And you know that story where Jesus has been teaching on the mount all day. Uh, and people are hungry. There isn't a local McDonald's they can go to and they can't afford it. So Jesus says to the apostles, go and find out what resources there are. And you know the story. Five loaves and two fish. And then Andrew's... Uh, Andrew, the public policy manager of Jesus, says to Jesus, what good are these among so many? Back to selective hearing syndrome. Jesus ignores what Andrew says and simply says, give them to me. And you know the story. And we love that story because in IJM, like you, you're offering up your talents to the Lord. We're not, it's not our responsibility for the outcomes. It's just giving our talents and God does the multiplication. So Sharma was set free. With David, um, his was, we saw him in prison. We documented his case. We managed to get him out of prison. He's an incredible Christian young man. He wrote letters to the four police officers, forgiving them uh, of their crime. He had his forearm uh, removed because of the, the, the wound. And uh, that does not mean to say he, that they're forgiven, that they shouldn't, justice shouldn't be served. Others needed protecting from such violent law enforcers. Um, and we continue to uh, work on that case years after it's happened. Um, we have not had a single um, conviction, and we have very high rates of conviction in IJM. And so this is something for you to pray, and it's something we're working on. In fact, today, two lawyers from London are flying out to Nairobi to do prosecutor training. Um, and there's a great new uh, act of government in Kenya. They're creating a new department for public prosecutors. So currently, it's the old English system where the police were both law enforcers and prosecutors, and you need to separate that out. And this is what's happening. So they're training 500 new prosecutors who have no formal legal training. So, but please pray for us, because that we have got convictions of police, but they've been turned over on appeal. And it's incredibly important that police accountability is in place. Because what does this look like? So uh, there'll be a, a murder that happens in Nairobi. The police will swoop into a very poor district and they'll arrest 50, 60 people, a grandmother, a 12-year-old boy, and, they're just sh and they'll s just shove them in prison. And there they will languish. No one there to serve them. No legal aid whatsoever. But David is training as a paralegal. He wants to be a defender of his own people. And he's a remarkable young man. Mien. Mien was a, is a harder story for us because this was the first rescue that we had in Phnom Penh, uh, just north of the capital. It was like a highway and uh, you could just turn off and it was a village and it was full of, full of establishments with children in. And who could we trust in the police? So we're not vigilantes in IJ and we're not, 
uh, cowboys. We're working through the criminal justice system because we want that to work so we can go away and it protects the poor, which it's there for. So it was trying to find someone who wouldn't give a tip off. Who could we trust that was reliable? It took us two years to find someone. And the day of the raid happened. IJM, go with the police. 37 girls are rescued out of captivity. But we could not find the end. And our hearts were broken and because we just could not find it. We had our documented on video. The investigating team knew about all of the children. And, um, but we continued to pray for her. And we found her three years later, uh, hundreds of miles away in another brothel. What had happened, and we managed to get her out of that. The um, perpetrator, the, the brothel owner, had lied to her. And this is all, what it's about, deception, lies, and the abuse of power. Those are the two pillars that we're confronting. That the police will hurt you, he said to them, uh, to Mien. And uh, we managed to get her out. She went to an aftercare for healing and restoration. Um, she trained. She's holding the blouse because she's a seamstress. She works part-time. She is one of my heroes because she um, goes, spends half her time going into uh, the shelter where new survivors have come out to walk with them, to train them. And uh, that takes great courage because the very first establishment is where, this is where she goes to support the girls brought out, was the very first place where she was assaulted repeatedly. Um, and I'm amazed that she can confront that darkness. Uh, it's now been taken over by a Christian ministry, um, uh, Agape. Uh, in fact, I was there last year and I walked in on the ground floor and there were all these parents and grandparents with their children and grandchildren receiving medical care. I then went upstairs. The pink room I told you about that Mien was in uh, uh, is now the pastor's office. The whole place has been completely renovated. All these small rooms where the abuse happened on the ground floor were knocked through. Churches from Canada and the US did this. Uh, and then the, on the top floor, there were about 50 or 60 um, preschool-aged children all jumping up and down. Uh, and it was, a, it was a you know toddler class. It was just fantastic. So then I walked, and opposite here was the Lord's Gym. How about that? A gymnasium. And a Cambodian kickboxing champion uh, runs this, who is a, a follower of Christ. Amazing. I walked in, kept my distance, and um, they were all pumping iron and kicking. And, and it, this guy has a real calling to minister to the young people of the area. So all these young lads uh, were there. And then I walked round the corner, and there was a, a factory about the size of this room uh, with sewing machines in the lines. And there was Mien and all the other uh, young women who were making these garments. And it was just profound. All the brothels in Svepak have been shut down and are shut down to this day. And we thank God for that. This is God's heart. This is what he is really concerned about. In Micah chapter 6, uh, God gives us uh, these verses. And I, we need to read them together. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? If you're a simpleton like me 
Uh, God sums up his law with three things. Do justice. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Love mercy. And what the prophet is saying through this is, have I got compassion enough to reach my neighbor who's facing injustice locally and globally? Uh, It's not mercy so much for the perpetrator. There is mercy for the perpetrator. But who will reach the oppressed first of all? And then it all begins with our loving God. It all begins. And you might say, Terry, you know, that's, that's great. That's in my care. Well, I just want to dip into the New Testament, if I might, and go to Matthew's Gospel. And I want to go to chapter 23, if I can find it, uh, verse 23. And actually, our Lord said these words. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill and cumin. But you've neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice. Mercy. Faithfulness. Jesus says exactly the same things. And it all begins with our hearts. And Lord, will you soften my heart? To care for the things that you care about. And then actually he leads us joyfully into justice. This is, you might think IGM are a bunch of very serious, you know, our mouths by our ankles. We're, it's such a joyful community. And that's not because we're, we're trite about it, but, but it's because God's called us into this and actually worship Worship in the the Father gives us that joy. He gets great joy from you, his people. Uh, Just It's fantastic hearing Eric. And just when you step out and minister, pray, serve, provide, that brings great delight uh, to our Heavenly Father. And so Moses went on to say through Exodus, uh, and he said, well, who am I going to call you? You know, what's your name that I'm going to say to the people? And he says this extraordinary thing, I am who I am. And if you think about it, it's actually quite profound. I am, as Terry, because of my mother and father. But God is, has always been. And it's a profound name of the father, Yahweh. And... Uh, I am, and you'll lead them back to the mountain. Well, the story doesn't quite um, finish in terms of Cambodia. So we managed to shut all the brothels down in Svei Pak. And this is the picture of the first Christian church in Svei Pak that meets in the school. Because it all ends up in worship to our Heavenly Father. And I have this wry smile when I think President Obama... Uh, says that IJM are the world's leaders in the fight against human trafficking. And that's not for ego. It makes me smile because who's at the front of all of this? It's God's people. And you know when people talk about the tragedies of suffering, I think my question has changed about God, where are you in suffering? And I'm not, that's a very valid question. But actually, if you find in the places that are hurting in the world, both in the UK and overseas, who are the people who first respond? Uh, And it's where are God's people when they're suffering? You'll find that it's God's people who love Jesus are the first out there who are serving in some dangerous places. 
And, uh, you know, one of them is uh, a dear brother you know about, the vicar of Baghdad, Canon Andrew White, uh, and the persecuted church of uh, that country, which we need to pray for. So what's our response to all of this? Um, because I need to wrap up. One of the things I want you to respond to is we've got an advocacy card. Um, this is a card that, um, it, that we're addressing our own parliament in Westminster, Westminster. And it's to end child sex tourism and human trafficking. You know there's a modern slavery bill. We would encourage you to sign this. This is going to our parliamentarians to say we need to address... Uh, child sex tourism. We have a case ongoing in Birmingham High Court where a UK national has abused children in East Africa. And IGM Kenya are serving, it's the first of its case, where the children are testifying via satellite into the court. It's ongoing. We have other cases where um, online exploitation involving UK nationals who uh, are exploiting children in Southeast Asia. What we're asking our government is, is to support and resource uh, the National Crimes Agency in protecting children in particularly vulnerable uh, countries across the world. Um, because what happens is our own laws get tighter and, uh, and so people travel further to exploit Really excited to share with you, our newest office is in uh, Santa Domingo in the Dominican Republic in the Caribbean. This past week we've had, we, we did a rescue in August and we, our first rescue of children in brothels. Uh, that's the second worst place in the world to be a female for trafficking and exploitation, the Dominican Republic, because you've got a broken nation, Haiti, next door. Then you've got Westerners flying in to abuse children. This is what this campaign is. If you want to be a part of it, please sign it, and we're presenting that to MPs in the first quarter of 2015. We have 8,000 signatures so far. Please be part of that. I've got a resource table over here. If you want to be an IJM prayer partner, we send two emails a month. Uh, then please sign up. Um, it might be that through Joe you want to uh, galvanize it as part of your prayer ministry. If you're a young person thinking about your career, I just encourage you to think about a career in human rights. Is that being a police officer? Is that being a lawyer? Is that being an aftercare social worker or counselor? Is it entering politics and shaping policy? We're so excited to see the number of Christians stepping up in these professions. God has shown that he even calls police and lawyers to be missionaries uh, in this work. And maybe God is calling you um, to do a Bible study on uh, his heart for justice because it actually begins with him. And it's really important you discover what God is calling you to do, you personally to do. And it might be prayer, it might be finance, it might be telling others. We've got schools resources, we've got university resources, uh, and there are other things available. But I'm going to finish now really with just challenging you with a very simple challenge. I'd like you to tell three people in the next seven days there are 30 million people in slavery. don't want you to make them feel bad. I just want you to inform them. Most people do not know the scale of 
human trafficking and slavery. Friends, thank you for bearing God's heart for this. This is so important. Remember in Isaiah 61 verse 8, he says, I, the Lord, love justice. Um, He loves it, and so we need to love justice too. We're going to finish with a video. Um, It's a, a song that was written by Peter Gabriel called The Book of Love. And one of the key things I just want to share with you is that we need to stay the course. This is going to, we think we can end slavery in our generation, but we will need to persevere. It will feel long and boring at times. And you may wonder, will we get there? But we need to, and this song is all about staying the course, the book of love. Thank you. The book of love is long and boring No one can read the whole thing It's full of charts and facts and figures And instructions for dancing And
கடவுள் மாதிரி வந்து எங்களை காப்பாற்றி விட்டாங்க அவங்களுக்கு ரொம்ப நன்றி ஒரு விஷயம் Terry, thank you for sharing with us today. It's, um, as I said at the beginning, some of these things aren't easy to hear and it's challenging. And the Lord is here. And what I'd love us to do is, um, if it's okay with you, I'd love us to pray for Terry. Can I just ask like four or five of you just to come and stand and pray with him? Perhaps one or two of the leaders or just somebody, who, one or two of you who are part of the trafficking group. But all of us are looking to stretch out our hands and just pray for him. Terry is the UK executive leader, director of this organization. As you can hear, it's a big organization and we want to pray for God's blessing on them. So why don't we, um, why don't we do that all together? Why don't we just call out to the Lord together for a minute and then I'll pray at the end. Why don't we just call out and thank God. Father, we thank you for this organization and the way in which they represent your heart. for those who are enslaved and in captivity thank you for the way in which they use local law enforcement and local justice organizations to um to see justice happen thank you for the stories we've heard today of those who have been rescued those who have been freed we pray your blessing on them we pray your blessing on Terry himself as he leads the UK arm of this We thank you for the conference they had yesterday, the national new national conference and pray your blessing on them. Father as they continue to walk humbly, to act act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly. We pray your blessing on them. Spirit, give them everything they need. And for us, Father, we want to act justly. We want to do justice. As followers of Jesus we want to love mercy. And we do want to walk humbly. And so Lord if there are things that are specifically for us to respond to this today, would you just quicken that to our hearts and show us. We just commit to not walk away from this issue. We commit to walk and take this issue with us. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence here. We welcome your presence here. We welcome your presence here. We thank you for speaking to us and challenging us. Hmm. And Lord, show us where it is, in what ways that you would have us act in challenging injustice. In the places where we've been called and sent to. In the communities where we live and work. In the people that we come across day by day. Guys, I'm just really aware that the spirit's here. And a number of us are maybe sensing him with us. If you sense that God is speaking to you and you want to do something about that, I just want to f- encourage you and free you up to press into that. If you want to take an active stance and maybe just come and stand and have someone pray for you, just simply as a way of saying I'm acknowledging your word to me today, God. and we'd love to do that at the end. We'd love to pray with you if you think that there's something specifically that God is talking to you about. Then as we close, I'll ask the band just to come and play. And then just this is space here. You can either come do it here or you can stay where you are. 
So if I, guys, can you come, worship guys, can you come and play? Um, we do need to stop, and if you've got kids, you do need to go and uh, get them, so thank you. Don't forget about Beloved tonight, an extended time to come and worship. But do, if the Lord is speaking to you and you want to respond to that, just do come. There is space here to do that. Also, practically, if you've got, if you want to fill in, if you feel that you can sign the petitions that have been passed out, do that. That would be great. Don't forget that we have an anti-trafficking prayer meeting that happens on the second Tuesday of each month. So the next one is here in this building um, and the next one will be on the second Tuesday of December. So keep an eye on that and talk to Joe if you want more information about that. Bless you guys. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for, for meeting with us today. We thank you for your presence and we thank you for speaking to us. May we go away changed. And Lord, if you're challenging us, may we, may we step up to the challenge. Thank you for being with us today, Father. Amen.